The following program is underwritten by... Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fearful situations. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm telling you, I'm thinking it's another Emmy Award winning show today. Have you won any Emmys yet for producing this show? Not, not yet? No. And nobody's even nominated me. Well, I'm just telling you, listen today, because... We have a story about a man. We'll actually talk to this guy who saved a drowning bear, a 400-pound bear. And that was I'll, drowning? That takes wow. a lot of huevos to do that. <laughs> I'm thinking. I can't wait to hear that one. Yeah. yeah. Also, we're having a lady on who's going to – she wrote a book called The Pet Poo Pocket Guide. Yeah, you heard me right, The Pet Poo Pocket Guide. And uh, I'm imagining maybe she's talking about uh, the health of pet poo or what? I, what is she talking about? I, I don't know. I think it's what you're supposed to do with all that pet poo. Or what to do with the poo. Yeah. What okay. to do with the poo? What to do with the poo in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, a lady who makes cookie treats for your dogs, except they're customized cookie treats, specifically for your dog. I know, it's wild. You get to pick the ingredients. She don't work with the lady with the pet poo, does she? No, they, they're completely, <laughs> completely separate businesses. We're going to head to the phones for your calls, toll free, 1-866-405-8405 for dog father Joey Villani or Dr. Debbie. And uh, while Judy is screening your call, she just handed me this story about Johnny Depp. This actually was last Friday, so it's a, it's a week old. But if you haven't heard, his dogs were facing imminent death. You know, he's down in uh, uh, Australia filming for Pirates of the Caribbean, the fifth installment of it. And he brought his dogs into the country. He smuggled, smuggled them on them a private in, plane. On his private plane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, there's Bypassed. a quarantine there. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for this quarantines, you know, to keep disease down. But apparently the Department of Agriculture said, nope, they got to go. And if they don't get out by Friday, they're going to be euthanized. Wow, that's a little drastic. I, I thought that was a little harsh for yeah. all, our Aussie friends who seem to be always pretty yeah. laid back. Uh, but he did, in fact, get the uh, dogs back on a plane and, and jaded back here to the States. Apparently he has a home down there. I didn't realize that. Mm. Wow. Well, then he should know the rules. And, yeah. and this is no different than people traveling to Hawaii with pets. There's a, there's a good reason is because they want to control infectious disease. And if they don't have every animal accounted for, that's a domestic pet coming in, you know, we could have rabies introduced in an area that doesn't see that. And that could be very devastating to the wildlife in these areas. So, you know, yeah, and it can also pain in the neck, but yeah, you got to do it. It can also impact the ecosystem. Everything's just right. You bring in a foreign animal, a foreign thing, and it just can just offset everything. Uh, so even if you're Johnny Depp, yep, you, you got to follow the rules. So okay, I don't know if you can really blame him. I mean, honestly, I would. I mean, I would hate to see any pet get euthanized. But if you really think about um, what if, what if there was some sort of you know outbreak? Yeah, yeah. he just should have left them in the states. He should not have done that. You know these actors. Yeah, they think they can get away with it. Ah. Anyway, uh, let's take your calls right now. Let's go to Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Where are you calling from today? Seattle. What's going on? I um, uh, found an abandoned cat in a in a hotel room. Wow. And um, have tried to integrate her into my home, and I've had her seven months now, and she has still we're still having problems. Okay. What is she doing? She is stalking my old cat. So I believe that this is, you know, natural behavior, and she's just younger than the old one, and she wants to play. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to figure out ways 
um, to not have to find her another home. Okay, so she's stalking the kitty, but what beyond that? Is there anything else uh, occurring? Well, she also um, attacked me one day, and I've never been afraid of a cat, and I, I became afraid. Okay. Alrighty. So you're right. I mean, stalking is a completely normal feline behavior, as well as uh, pouncing, scratching, um, biting. All of those things are normal behaviors. And normally cats, when they're young, they're socialized with their litter and with mom, and they learn how to play inappropriate and inappropriate, or they learn what's appropriate, and mom tells them what's inappropriate. Um, they also learn bite inhibition, which is where, you know, they learn from biting their fellow um, kittens, you know, when they get to that ouch point, hey, the other kitty goes, hey, that's enough. And, and that teaches them when to let go and when a little bit of play bite is okay. So I don't know what your kitty's background is, and I presume, you know, being um, an outdoor kitty, you know, we'd have to just guess that maybe we didn't have some of that socialization and that early experience that really kind of helps mold and make a kitty more adaptable to both human contact and fellow cat contact. So some of that is challenging, and, and I don't know if your kitty is, you know, part what we'd call feral. Um, some of those kitties can be good companion cats. They may not always be the kind of lovey-dovey uh, cat that's going to get along with other people and cats in the home. Some do, though, and it takes time and just uh, patience to work through that. Now, as far as with this kitty, um, you know, the pouncing and kind of the stalking behavior, if that were to be accompanied with hissing, growling, ears back, physical postures of aggression, then I'd be more concerned. The, the this, one time that she attacked me, it was, you know, ears back, and, and um, she she was very, very mean looking. Okay. I don't know if she was snarling. I can't remember. I was so scared. <laughs> I assume yeah. she was. <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, I, I had a cat that we called Cat from Hell, and, and he was... <laughs> He was poorly socialized, but he was lovable at times, and at other times, you know, things would set him off. The, the challenges with cats, it's not always kind of clear-cut. What is what is causing the behavior? Is this going to be some kind of a territorial thing that the kitty's doing? Is she fearful, and she's trying to defend herself? You know, or in the case where she attacked you, was she redirecting her aggression towards something else, and you were just the closest victim? So I think to get to the bottom of this it's going to take a little bit more work to find out what the triggers for this behavior are and then what it what follows it so meaning kind of like i was getting at if she's just stalking the other cat and then the other cat gets away she goes another direction and that's where the interaction ends that's not really a problem that's just a her practicing that behavior of stalking and it's kind of not leading up to anything no she'll she'll keep after until she catches her and then what um I found some fur fluff balls on the floor from when I haven't been home, but most of the time since we have become aware of it, if we're not home, we don't leave them to have access for each other because I don't want the old one getting hurt. Okay. So when we're home, we, we squirt her with water and she runs away. Okay. And, and so is, are you actually seeing fights or hearing them or you are? Okay. Alrighty. So, um, you know, the, the spray bottle technique can help a little bit, but for some cats, it'll actually amp them up and it actually gets them a little bit more anxious. So I think for your situation, we need a little bit better understanding of what's going on in the household situation. And I, I would really encourage you 
to, to find a board-certified um, behaviorist in your area. And there is an actual American College of Veterinary Behaviorists, and, and it's a group of veterinarians that go on with special study in this area. You need someone who's going to be able to help you kind of physically decide what's going on in your home because I don't think I can kind of wrestle that all out on this phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're motivated and you want to try working through this, there are definitely things that I would recommend. And um, the basic things when we have inner cat problems is several. One is that we make sure we have ample resources. So um, we don't necessarily want cats to share things if they're not getting along. We want to give two separate feeding bowls, two separate water bowls, litter boxes separate. We want to give them different perching sites in different parts of the house so that the cats don't have to necessarily cross paths if they don't feel like it and if it stresses them out too much. We, That's very we do important. have all of that except for that the, um, the new cat is using both litter boxes but, well, add, but a, add a third one. And the old cat doesn't really like litter boxes anyway. Okay. Well, add a third box, too, because normally we would add one more box than the number of cats in the house. Oh, so okay. g- give an additional source. Now, I would consider putting a bell on the frisky cat, and that'll help to give your older cat a little bit of time and um, kind of audible warning when that cat's coming. And if you have to separate them physically, sometimes it's kind of like what we call timeshare. <laughs> you have cats that don't get along. You separate parts of the house and let them have their unique space and not feel stressed, either seeing the cat, hearing it, um, and, and really give them kind of alone time. For the frisky cat, I would definitely also want to make sure that we do schedule playtime for that cat and um, doing that in a safe way so that you're not getting bit. And that usually means nothing that in- kind of encourages the cat to address your hand. So uh, cat toys on little uh, like fishing poles, some of the automated toys with laser pointers, um, and then even some of the food dispensing toys. All of those things are things to keep the cat's attention. you got to change it up. So if people tell me all the time, ah, I've got all those things for my cat. you got to change it. Like cats are not like dogs. You've got to like drop a toy in within two minutes. Okay, you're bored with that? Here's a new one. Give you something else. Dogs are a little bit more simple-minded, I'll say, <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I will tell you that also, if if you do find professional help, either with your veterinarian, um, if they want to tackle this behaviorally, or with a behaviorist, um, oftentimes I will use drugs. And that's not something I'm going to recommend for you because I think, like I said, we need a lot more information on what the triggers are. But um, there are some natural things. Um, there's some amino acids, L-theanine, which is a supplement. Um, it actually helps to kind of modulate the mood and, and helps to increase the calming effect. Uh, it's used for both dogs and cats. You can get that in treats. Um, there's also little pills you can give. Um, that might be one thing to try in a kind of more natural way. And then, of course, the pheromones, the scent hormones that kind of relax animals. Those are kind of mild things you can try to incorporate in the home as well. But you got a lot of work. And, and if you're not really, I, I sensed in your some of your comments that it didn't sound like you're kind of really up for a lot of to do with this kitty. Is that right, Donna? Um, no, actually, the opposite. It's just that I feel like I've already done everything. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. We've been working at this, like I said, for seven months. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and uh, I've tried almost everything that you've said, but you did give me a few new ideas. So okay. I'll okay. try those well. things. And I will also, I didn't think to try um, finding a behaviorist in my neighborhood. So I think I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try to find that. So yeah. did, did you just walk into a hotel and, and uh, there your kitty was? I was working at a hotel, oh. and I heard the desk clerk say something about a cat being abandoned. And I says, well, I'm a cat oh. person. Let me know if you need help. He goes, oh, no, no problem. The following day, I heard him say the pound was on their way to get her. Oh. And I'm like, no. <laughs> 
So I went and I met her and I made sure she could use a cat box and I moved her to my motel room where I was staying while I was working there. And uh, she was just a love. When she's just with me alone in a room, like at home, I just keep her in my bedroom with me and she is just a love. Oh, I bet. But but anytime she integrates into the rest of the house, she decides to play. She she doesn't want to share you. (laughs) Listen, try those ideas that Dr. Debbie gave you. If you still have trouble, Donna, give us a call back. We'll try to put it into whatever problems that you're having, okay? I will. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. 1-866-405-8405. It's toll-free to Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani. All of our underwriters give us stuff to use, and I was really turned on by world's best cat litter. I used to use... What you probably used a long time ago, the clay, the, the yucky stuff. Cl- the other stuff. Yeah. And it wouldn't last very long. You have to change it every week. And even if you changed it every week, it would stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I've tried this uh, world's best cat litter, I change it about every 30 days. That's how long it lasts. Judy, you've been over to my place. It smells pretty good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I use it, too, at, you know, at my home, and I will never use anything else. I got it over at uh, Walmart, but I believe they have it at Target, too. Yes. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Do you have an anxious dog? Maybe one that suffers from travel sickness or is afraid of thunderstorms? If so, you need the Anxiety Wrap from the Company of Animals. The Anxiety Wrap can help comfort your dog from fear of thunderstorms, fireworks, separation anxiety, nervousness, and much, much more. The Anxiety Wrap maintains a gentle pressure on acupressure points in your dog's neck, chest, shoulders, belly, and in the rear legs thanks to its patented leg straps. Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition in excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-7899. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. America was built by people with a few dollars and a dream. And while many don't know it, there's one path to success that still only requires a dream and about $10. That's right. If your dream is to start or grow your business, something as simple as the right business card could make all the difference. And today, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 full-color business cards for only $9.99. That's right. Only $9.99. Just go to Vistaprint.com and enter promo code 2020 at check. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2020. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Well, if your Wednesdays are like our Wednesdays around the office, you get nothing done because you're on Facebook looking at all the wacky Wednesday pictures that you're sending. Thank you so much for that. We so enjoy that. And if 
you haven't heard about it yet, we have this wacky Wednesday contest over at Facebook at Animal Radio. And on Wednesdays, you upload those pictures. The most likes and most shares pick up some pretty intense prizes. I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed with the sponsors that have stepped up and are giving prizes to you for your pictures. What do Good you stuff. What do you have? This week from Serta Pet Beds by Envision. Wow. Yes, we have the Pillow Lounger Bed. It has a supportive built-in backrest, and it's also made of memory foam. And the memory wow. foam will increase the airflow, and it help move heat away from your dog so they'll sleep better. And it also provides support for their joints. Wow, I could use one of those. I know. I wonder if they make them really large, big enough for us to curl up in. <laughs> well, you know they do. Serta, of course, uh, has been a bed company that's well-known for decades. Yes. And uh, so this, I'm looking at a picture now. Can I hold up a picture to sure. the microphone so you can see? It looks comfortable. What quality kind of bed you could win over at uh, Facebook this week? If you don't have a wacky Wednesday picture, you got to take one for this and upload it over at AnimalRadio.com. And certainly, we hope you vote too. Let's hit the phones toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hey. Hey, I had a Facebook shout-out I was supposed to do, but a I don't Facebook remember the guy's name. Yes. I recently had um, a listener uh, communicate through Facebook and um, made some nice comments about the show and how he enjoyed listening. And, and uh, his dog, um, Bentley, Bentley, is a healer. And I promised that I would do a shout-out to say, hey, Bentley, how you doing? It's funny. We never remember the owner's names. It's like when you're, <laughs> if you're a dog walker, you know all the dogs in the neighborhood, but yes. you don't know necessarily the owners of them. But, uh, hey, Bentley, there's the big old shout-out from all of us here at Animal Radio. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you today? Good. Where are you calling from? I'm in Georgia. Georgia. Are you a truck driver? No. Live in Georgia. Just live in Georgia, okay. I got Dr. Debbie here. How can we help you? Well, Hi. I've got a, a, a great all-American dog. Looks to have some, maybe some Rottweiler in him. So he's a pretty big dog. But uh, My local vet told me to cut him back about 10 pounds, and we, we've been working on it. But cutting back his food has been a problem for him. He's tending to eat his poop, and my other dog's poop out in the yard now. And I'm wondering what I can ah. do about it. <laughs> Lovely, isn't that? That old wonderful uh, feces eating. It's just uh, such a thrill, especially when they come back with that on their breath. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so have you had any success getting him to lose weight? Yeah, he. we got a few pounds off of him, but he's just, he just acts like he's starving all the time. Of course, every dog I know acts like that, but he's just True. now eating and starting to eat plants in the house. And Oh, no. Okay, well, let me ask you what strategy that you are currently doing uh, for weight loss. Are you using any special prescription-based food, or were you just cutting back on the calories that he's eating? Mostly cutting back on the calories, but we have the last bag of dog food we bought, the um, kind of the weight loss uh, dog food, and then still cutting back a little bit. Okay, well, here's the reality check for people that are trying to get their pets to lose weight. Now, if you just try restricting those calories by scaling back on the amount you're feeding, you're going to create a very hungry, frustrated dog, and that's what you got right now. The reason is that even those foods that you buy over the counter at the grocery store at the pet store that say weight loss or for weight loss, 
they're really not geared towards uh, longevity of weight loss. What you need to do is speak to your veterinarian about this and say, hey, help me out. My dog is eating things off the, the walls, the, the floors, the feces, what have you, and we need to get this baby on and actually a food that is designed for lower calories but also still keeps those other important nutrients up. The big problem is when we cut back calories in the effort to drop the weight, if we don't have them on this type of diet, they're getting less protein, they're getting less vitamins, less minerals, and we can create not only a hungry dog, but a pet that has a nutritional deficiency. So it is just so important. And I know a lot of people say, oh, we just cut back a little bit here and there and we get them to lose weight. It may work for some pets, but it really can create a problem for others. So I would say that would be my number one um, prescription for you is to see your veterinarian about a prescription weight loss diet. And there's a lot of good ones out there, um, and we want to get a gradual weight loss of really only maybe 1% body weight per week. So in a dog, your baby's size, you know, that might be not even quite a pound, half a pound to a pound a week. So we want to make sure that's gradual and that we're not making a frustrated pet because that, that's just no fun. And, you know, dogs that eat things inappropriately, there's a whole behavior of that. But if we're trying to lose weight, then we can actually be driving that. Um, and then we also want to make sure you're giving the baby some other outlets to chew, um, increase the interactive nature. So, you know, lots of playtime, lots of fetch time, a lot of those toys, the Kong stuffed toys, the busy buddy toys, those things that have a little food item that they're working for. It keeps their mind and their belly occupied. So I think that, that would give you some, some other directions that we can go for your dog to kind of keep them, keep them occupied and not feeling like we're in the, the, uh, the Weight Watchers Club or the genuine. <laughs> Jenny, uh, weight club there and, uh, and a happy baby. So good luck with that, Daniel, and, and hope he, uh, drops that weight and, uh, isn't so unhappy about things there. Well, I'll definitely try that. Thanks, Daniel. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. Oh, did I mention this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by those fine folks over at Stella and Chewy's? Great food and a great company just doing good things for the animals, of course, underwriting educational programming like this. Thank you so much, Stella and Chewy's. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, stay or neuter your animals today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Here's another line of pet treats that if you happen to have any on the shelves, you should get rid of them just to be on the safe side. The FDA says PetSmart's authority brand chicken-flavored teething rings and jerky treats may be responsible for the deaths of more than a 1,000 dogs. The dog showed signs of kidney failure within just hours of eating the treats. The labeling is confusing. They say the treats are packaged in Phoenix, but they're actually made in China and Thailand. A lot of pet guardians are now checking labels, trying to make sure they know what they're giving their pets. But manufacturers do not have to list the country of origin for each of the ingredients used in their products. PetSmart says it pulled products made in China from its stores after the FDA confirmed they were dangerous. But so far, the FDA hasn't said that about pet treats made in Thailand. 
If that happens, the company says it will immediately pull the items. The FDA says it wants to hear from any pet guardians about any illnesses through its safety reporting portal. Some vets are saying just don't buy any treats or food that list Asia on the label in any fashion. Otterbox cell phone cases are notoriously difficult to open, though apparently not for their namesakes. A visitor at the Red River Zoo in Fargo, North Dakota, dropped his Otterbox-protected iPhone into the otter exhibit while trying to grab a photo of the cute little guys. One otter decided to show how clever he was. He quickly tore the case apart and threw the phone into the water. Then the otter kept retrieving the phone to chew on it, then throwing it back in the water, then getting it again so he could do it all over. May the force be with you and your pets. We love it when shelters get creative to help homeless pets find homes. The Ottawa Humane Society has gone to a galaxy far, far away for help. It's teamed up with its local 501st Legion, a volunteer group that makes appearances as villainous Imperial Star Wars characters. The 501st motto, bad guys doing good. Rohit Saxena is a photographer who's been volunteering at the shelter for about five years. He said the group started doing themed photo shoots a couple of months ago to help animals find homes. They started with a Game of Thrones session, and it turned out to be so popular and worked so well that they moved on to the Star Wars iconic anonymous villains. Turns out the bad guys aren't that bad. The stormtroopers posed with cats, dogs, bunnies, and guinea pigs. Guess the shelter didn't have any Ewoks up for adoption. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. It's Stella and Chewies, they're dedicated to the simple proposition that pets should be healthy and happy. Their commitment to quality starts with their ingredients. Every Stella and Chewies product is made with raw, naturally raised meat, poultry, or fish sourced from USDA-inspected facilities without added hormones or antibiotics. Unlike commercial pet food, which is one of the most highly processed products on the planet with much of its nutritional value cooked away, Stella and Chewies dog and cat food is nutritious and delicious. Learn more at StellaandChewies.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It's Animal Radio. Here's the number toll-free, 1-866-405-8405, to ask your questions of Dr. Debbie and Joey Volani. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Download it now. Brand new version. It has all kinds of stuff on it, including uh, like recalls and the latest news that actually affects you and your pets. And that, of course, a free download. Did I mention it was brought to you by Dr. Foster and Smith? They make it a free download for you, so I wanted to give them props for that. Let's see. Okay, so uh, we've had some pet poo experts on in the past who have written books about pet poo. 
what was that book? What shot that? Yeah, which <laughs> had pictures of all kinds of uh, stuff. You have to guess which animal excreted that. Yes. And then we saw the books that talked about the health with your dog's uh, poo. You can tell a lot about yeah. their health from their poo. Yeah. Now there's a brand new book called The Pet Poo Pocket Guide, and it's focusing on... Well, pet poo and how to recycle, what to do with all the pet poo, right? Yeah, I know my household generates a lot of pet poo. Yeah, well, you have a, you have a lot of animals yes, at your I household, do. and yes. uh, you have litter, probably cat litter and all kinds. Of, wow, I can't uh, even imagine what you're yeah, doing over I, you there. know, and I'm just one house, so I can't imagine. We welcome to the show Rose Rose Seaman. How are you doing, Rose? Just fine. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell us a little bit about what inspired the Pet Poo Pocket Guide for you. How to how to safely compost and recycle pet waste. Well, it was kind of strange. I was having lunch at a park, and I was reading a book about recycling. And I kept looking up and down from the book and watching people pick up after their pets. And it didn't sink in at first, but after a while I started wondering how much pet waste there was. Uh-oh. And then I started kind of crunching numbers and kind of, <laughs> you know, when I was on my break, I'd, it's kind of silly, but I'd go in and, you know, think, well, how much do they poop every day? And it's a dog is like three-quarters of a pound. And then I started multiplying that by weeks and months and years and, came up with this whole figure that a dog actually excretes 275 pounds a year. Wow. Whoa. What size dog? Meat average. That's what the, you know, the Department of Agriculture says. Wow. So what what, what are those, the the big numbers? Like, uh, did you figure out how many football fields that might fill? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? You did? (laughs) did Okay. I was just joking. (laughs) Um, It's actually 109 football fields 10 feet deep every year. Wow. So now, uh, what are we? Uh, is it bad for the environment? What is it? Uh, what does that ex- exactly say? What problems are we seeing from this? Well, about forty percent of dog waste is left on the ground. People just don't pick it up, which is bad, because it's it pollutes. It's a nuisance. It gets on your shoes. It's just you don't want it on the ground. Sixty percent of owners are great. They pick it up and they put it in a bag and they put it in the landfill. That's what you want. However, the fact that it goes to a landfill means that we're filling up landfills with an organic waste that excretes a lot of methane, and landfills are going to fail eventually. Everyone admits that. They're going to crack. And in addition to the methane that comes from the dog waste, that takes up landfill space. And it also takes a lot of um, money to be transporting it, you know, with the trash. Mm. So... So what do you, you know, suggest we do? Yeah, what 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 are your suggestions? I mean, can we really reduce the methane? Um, that, you that, can flush it. Okay. That'd get rid of it right away. Well, I'm not going to flush poo down my, especially cat litter down my toilet. No, clogged. you would never flush cat litter down because cat litter has toxoplasma, and that could um, harm, particularly here in California, that could harm you know sea mammals. Okay. But wow. dog waste you can flush, and the, and that's one of the suggestions of the EPA. You does, can do that. Doesn't that waste water? I mean, here in California, we're in a big <laughs> drought situation. <laughs> that's right. It could be a problem for California. Um, you could always compost it. Okay. Um, you can always um, bury it. Now, if I compost it, doesn't it release the same amount of methane as it would anywhere no, else? No, if you, if you compost it properly, it'll um, release more carbon, carbon dioxide, which is a lot less less of a potential 
you know, problem for the environment. So your goal is really to bring it to people's attention. Yeah, it's to bring it to their attention. It's also to bring not only to the dog owner's attention, but the people who handle waste. They don't want to take dog waste for many reasons. We're kind of behind the curve in terms of having anaerobic digestion. You know, those big digesters that people use for garbage and, you know, turn it into something that can be used for soil. Um, you know, one day they will take dog waste with your food scraps, but right now they're not. So probably the best way um, to have a zero-waste household is to take care of it yourself. Now, when you're talking about composting your dog's poo, the one thing that I want to say is that, you know, zoonotic disease, parasites. So we're not talking about spreading this composting on your vegetable garden or on anything that a human is going to potentially consume. You're talking about just having it degrade or, or using it for fertilizer on grass or non-nutritional non, yeah. uh, items. You would use it on uh, ornamental flowers for shrubs, trees. In fact, a, a cool little thing you can do is just kind of dig holes around the roots of a tree, not bothering the tree, but, you know, putting some dog waste and some leaves and, and a little bit of sawdust or something down there and then just kind of burying it, and eventually it'll degrade and the tree roots can can use it for fertilizer. I'm all about that natural fertilizer. I learned yesterday that they did this survey on uh, houses that people come in and, and spray the lawns every year. There's a higher incident, a 70% higher incidence of lymphoma in dogs that live in these households where the lawn is sprayed every year than there are in non-sprayed. Uh, oh, so gosh. To, to hear this or, sort of organic way to, to fertilize the lawn uh, is good, but I think, Dr. Debbie, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of diseases that can be transferred from this, right? Right. So, yeah, wouldn't be for vegetables or edible items. Okay. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> this is Animal Radio, baby. Hi, Trina. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Very good. How can we help you today? I have two little Yorkies, and uh, I have a problem with uh, separation anxiety uh, when I'm leaving the house as soon as they see my shoes go on. And my coat go on. It's terrible how they carry on. So I was wondering if you have any suggestions. Okay. Does anything else happen besides them getting very excited and worked up? I mean, are they having any accidents in the home? Any destruction? Yes, they are having some accidents in the home. The smallest one, <clears throat> who is a year old, loves to chew things. And uh, if I should put my purse down, she's in my purse taking everything out, chewing on it. <laughs> I've already, I'm getting ready for a trip, and I'm looking at the shoes that she's destroyed oh. on me. Oh, dear. Yeah. All righty. So when we talk about separation anxiety, I guess I like to kind of back up a little bit because a lot of times we can incorrectly categorize dogs' behavior when they're naughty and they get into trouble as separation anxiety. What characterizes really in my mind is a pet that has this problem is it's triggered by the human departure from the home. So when you say they get all amped up that you're putting your coat on and getting your jacket on and your keys, that should be a hint to us, the humans, that this is something that's going to be a problem for them. And yeah. when we have a pet that is doing this, getting excited, destructive, having house training problems associated with the, the leaving of the human in the home, we really need to take some steps. And the first step is to retrain ourselves. The biggest problem we have is we can't tell a dog, you can't be excited when I leave 
if we don't tell them the same thing in opposite. So when we come home, we need to relearn how we greet our dogs. And that means not being overly excited, not getting them amped up and so happy to see us because we can only expect the same thing when we're leaving. So I would also say that um, as you're putting on your coat and your jacket, I would really work on kind of, we want to kind of extinguish this response that they're having. And that might include, um, you know, putting your coat on, sitting down and watching TV, wow. uh, picking up your keys and going to cook dinner. So we want to kind of mix up this pattern that they've learned that every time you do those those um, actions, that we're going to have you leave. That's very important. And then I like to pull in some other things that we can use to help kind of calm the pet as we're trying to work through these nervous, anxious periods of time. And that may include things like pheromones, which are scent hormones that are calming. We may use things that can help keep them busy, um, little busy toys. And then maybe even giving them a quiet space, a little kind of private getaway, if you will. We can play music and particularly um, calming music. We don't want to play rock. We want to do something that's going to be calming for the pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Singing, Aretha. <laughs> it's Animal Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. A free download, thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith. And a new feature on the app: all the recalls and news that you need for your pet. And uh, we're still talking about pet jerky and the recalls with the pet jerky. I can't believe it's still an issue. I thought you. Yeah. I thought people understood by now. No more pet jerky. Don't buy it. Well, I think there's a lot of you know, and we talked about this in the news. Is that you know, China de- uh, derived um, pet jerky is kind of what everyone's watching out for. But you know what? I've seen pets get sick from jerky from made in the U.S. Oh, really? Um, or in other countries? Yeah. Now, is it made in the U.S. and sourced from China, or is it? Well, how's that? Yes. Some of that we don't know. So some of the ingredients may be sourced from other countries and then assembled in the U.S. But oh. there are other situations where, you know, for all knowledge that we know is that the the product is made in the U.S. And so I've had dogs come in sick, vomiting, diarrhea, and I bring this up and I say, oh, you know, that's a jerky product. Let's eliminate that. And that may be part of the problem. And people argue with me, tooth and nail. No, I can't Why? get rid of the jerky. Why do they argue? Um, Why? What's the big deal? Why can't they get rid of something that's making their dog sick? Yeah, fine. And a healthier treat. You know, I, I, to me, the, it just makes good sense. If something potentially could be making your pet sick that's not an essential nutrient, eliminate it and see how things go. It's not saying that's the what cause of the problem, but it? people fight me tooth and nail. No, no, no. Well, he loves his jerky. What am I supposed to do every night? He needs his jerky before bedtime. Jeez. I, it is, it's really funny because, um, you know, if your doctor told you, you know, you can't eat any more strawberries because you could have a life-threatening reaction, um, I think you'd probably stop the strawberries, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Can I ask, is it a preservative i mean what what is what are they putting in it i mean to me jerky is dried beef right or, or chicken well, or, or whatever it is what what is going into it the additive or additives that they're putting in that are making the pets sick and why preservative yeah, that, perhaps it, that's what well, they're I looking at dried and beef was you know preserves itself i mean isn't isn't that what the what the wild west i mean i don't know when you watch john wayne they dried beef to stretch it you know let make it last longer how long yeah, do you want it to I, last 
I've heard reports of homemade jerky that pets have eaten, that kind of thing, and, and done fine. But then when they went to a commercial product, they may have become ill or there was some other problem, you know, advocated. So yeah, they don't know. You know, they're, they're really looking at this, and it, that's the problem. We don't know what it is. It's not salmonella. It's actually something else other than salmonella. No. In, in the previous, uh, in 2007 issues, they were looking at, you know, is it salmonella? Is it some kind of um, fungal toxin? Is it some kind of uh, irradiation treatment? And, you know, they were looking at all these different things that could happen through processing of a food product and had not come up with anything that was really substantial. So we still don't really know. But, you know, the general advice is it's not essential. So, you know, don't feed it to your pet. Find an alternative that um, that they tolerate, that it's good for them, and that, that you like too. <laughs> well, you walk into the stores, you walk into the pet stores, they even go online and you see there is just an unlimited amount of treats. And uh, most of them, uh, you know, you have to fit your dog into the peg there. But the next guest, and I got to tell you, this sort of aligns. It wasn't intentional to do it this way. But our <laughs> next guest actually makes a treat, a dog treat customized for your animals, for your dogs. And we welcome to the airwaves, Bree Bradley. She's the co-owner of Smart Cookie Dog Treats. And again, not a sponsor and totally coincidental with the conversation. Hi, Bree. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you. So you make customized treats, and we've had a chance to try some of these, or Ladybug the Studio. Actually, I tried some myself. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because, I know you do. Because I do try everything that my animals eat, and yeah. and I know that they're safe if I eat them. What did you think of the taste? Uh, well, it tasted like a dog treat for, for me. <laughs> but uh, doggy granola bars is kind of what I think they taste like. Yeah, yeah. definitely like a granola bar. Uh, Judy ordered these by, you went online and then you, you filled out a... Uh, yeah, I got to choose the protein I wanted, and then I got to choose... Um, the uh, carb. The carb, and then I got to choose if, if I wanted, you know, like a, a vegetable or a fruit to be added to it. So, so what did you choose? You know, I don't know how to pronounce it. I choose chicken, quinoa. I'm not oh, that's a great... Quinoa. Quinoa. Oh, okay. See, I knew I wasn't going to do it. And then carrots and cranberries, because I know she likes carrots and cranberries. And the... the What is that word? I can't say it. It's quinoa. 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 That just sounded healthy, so I threw that in. <laughs> and and I, let me tell you, it was a hit. She's very, very finicky, this dog. And she absolutely loved it. Well, that's great to hear. Thanks so much. What made you decide to create this company and do customized treats? Yeah, so, well, my husband and I had always wanted to start our own business. We just never really knew exactly what we wanted to do. Um, I am a huge animal lover. I've always had pets my whole life. Um, and then through a series of unfortunate events back in 2012, um, our dog, Ruger, who was an Australian shepherd, was diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, and so we started hand-making, you know, foods and treats that were easy for him to handle while he was, you know, a pretty sick pup. And then I myself, um, at the time I was 24 years old, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So we kind of went through this, you know, health lockdown. Um, we had always been pretty healthy, but this really was, you know, even more intense, and we kind of started making human and doggy treats that were just, you know, super healthy. And we gave them out to our friends and family, and everyone was like, oh, these are fantastic, but, you know, my dog loves salmon, or <laughs> my dog loves beef, or... Uh-huh. And so it just kind of turned into this concept of, wow, well, what, you know, you can customize everything else. You can customize your shoes or your cell phone cover or whatever you can think of, but how about dog treats that's personalized nutrition for your dog's lifestyle or dietary restriction? I did the math, and there was 200-some-odd different combinations that you <laughs> you could have there. Um but, so you make it once you get the order, is that correct? Yes, 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they are um, typically made to order. Um, and then, yeah, there's a there's a set number of combinations. Certainly, we don't have an endless supply of product lines, although it feels like that sometimes. <laughs> well, fun stuff. I encourage listeners to check out SmartCookieTreats.com, SmartCookieTreats.com, and see if you like it just as much as we like it over here at Animal Radio. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming Thank on the you. radio. Thank you. There goes Bree Bradley uh, from Colorado. It seems like all our guests are from Colorado today. And I thought that was a, a fun idea that I wanted to share with you. I think that's cool. It was it was fun, actually, to go on and pick and choose and to have something customized. The only thing I wish they would have done is on the packaging said something custom-made just for Ladybug. Oh. Or something oh. to put the name oh. on it. That would make it like a special treat. Or you could do it, you know, give out for gifts and stuff. I just think it's cute. It is cute. Very she good. loves them. Hey, let's head back to the phones for your calls for Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And here's the toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405. We'd love to hear from you today. In just a few minutes, our hero this hour, a man saved a 400-pound drowning bear. Wow. A lot more chutzpah than I ever had i would not go saving a yeah drowning bear i just i would i that's a battle i thought i would probably lose if i went out <laughs> help yeah, help help they'd be saving the bears me. drowning <laughs> that's what you would do okay dr debbie just stepped in uh, we were talking just uh, during the break about canine flu it is apparently still an issue and it is traveling across the country it started in chicago and it's actually canceled a bunch of events in illinois now it's in uh did you say texas yeah, there's just a report that a dog from the Chicago area moved to Texas and it oh, actually wow. tested positive for canine influenza. And this is, you know, not a, not surprising. We live in a world where people travel cross country and so do our pets. So um, I think it's just it's important not to panic, but that just to be vigilant, make sure we keep our pets up to date with vaccinations, go to the vet if you have a health concern, and certainly talk about lifestyle risks because um, not every pet may be at the same risk for infectious disease as another. So if your pet's around a lot of other dogs, travels, dog wars. park. If you go to the dog park, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So those kind of risk factors might be things that will kind of examine things closer to see if we need to talk about vaccination or other types of preventative care. Is this shed through excrement, or how is it passed from dog to dog? Just like the human flu, it's it's a respiratory born. So um, when they shake hands. No respiratory. Well, that too, but you know the the virus can actually be passed by people. So if you pet a dog with a snotty nose that sneezes or coughs on you, you could transport it to a, another dog, and it can actually live on um, the human body for um, twelve hours to twenty four hours. Um, so um, it's it's something that it's a little bit. Uh, um, more infectious than we might think. Um, so if you're around other dogs, and even if your dog isn't, then you know, it might be something to think about. I heard reports that cats are getting ill from this. Have you heard anything like that? Well, there has been some evidence that cats in um, Asia with the, the strain um, 
were showing, and I'm not sure if it was in laboratory testing, were susceptible. But to my knowledge, no cats in the U.S. have been reported sick with it. But it, it's a potential out there, so um, something to be aware of. Okay. Joey, what are you working on? Well, we're going to talk about um, if supplements are actually good for your dog's coat and enhance the grooming or not. It's a age-old thing that some people like them and some people say it does squat. Yeah, well, you well, you hear commercials like the Dynavite commercial and you think, oh, the supplements are, are the answer. We'll find out if that's true or not with Joey Volani in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, let's head to the phones. i got to get a Diet Coke. One sec. Diet, you changed. Diet Coke now, huh? I thought you were more of a Diet Pepsi gal. You know what? I found that that other artificial sweetener is too sweet for me now, so I'm back to Diet Coke. Oh. What what artificial sweetener is that? Um, Is it Splenda? Is, I think, in, uh, Diet, in Pepsi One? I think you're right. Yeah. So it's just it just got to be too much. I guess uh, aspartame, I'm going to kill all the laboratory rats. You, know, <laughs> you should really quit that habit altogether. That's a I bad should. habit. It is a bad I habit. I should. And you know what? When I was in New Zealand, I did. Like a, I think I had barely a few sodas there the whole time there. Oh, good for you. You, yeah. you can change to something more healthy, perhaps. Let's, uh, let's go to Jim. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Burbank, California. Oh, listening on coast in lovely Burbank. So what's going on? Well, we've got a cat. He's about four years old. We found him when he was about four months old. And um, he's got this internal clock that wakes us up at about 3.30 every morning. <laughs> he just comes in the middle of the hallway and just meows really loud. Only uh, the hallway, huh? They don't come up to your face and scratch your face or do anything like that? No, he sits in the hallway so that he gets the whole house. So he ah. just kind of meows really, really loud and wakes us up. Now, this has been going on for about the last eight months. He used to just climb up in the bed and just kind of hang out until we got up. But mm-hmm. now he's taken to um, yelling at us and getting us up at 3.30 in the morning. Now, in his defense, we usually get up around 4.35 anyway. We thought maybe the time change might help the situation, but it's not. Yeah, he must be on uh, a different time zone than you guys are. <laughs> All righty. So is he the only cat in the house? He's the only cat, yeah. Okay. We do have a dog, but they, uh, they don't get along, so we keep them separated. And then what, what happens when he does this uh, 3.30 in the morning? Uh, what do you guys do, or how does it end? We usually try to shush him, and we'll kind of lay there and listen to it for about a half an hour until about 4 a.m., and then we end up getting up and feeding him. Well, there's Jim, there's some realities here. This is not uncommon for a lot of cat owners and what they deal with. And, you know, cats tend to be active during the wee hours of the night. It's just kind of when they start to get their their fun going. Uh, so knocking things off of counters, vocalizing, jumping and sitting on your head, all of those kind of things are some of the realities of catdom. <laughs> So um, when it's a problem and when it's not compatible to your lifestyle, there's some changes you can make, um, both that can impact you as the human and that also can impact his life. And it depends on where you're at and how much you're willing to change for either yourself or for him. Because um, I've made suggestions to some cat owners, and they say, oh, no, I can never do that to my cat. I can't ask him to do that. So you just have to decide what's going to work in your situation. But um, in my household, I had cats that would do this in the wee hours of the morning. And some of the strategies I did, um, the the physical things that I did for myself was that I locked the bedroom door so I wouldn't have the cat raccoon hat sitting on my head walking around in the middle of the night. <laughs> 
Um, and then earplugs. Um, and it's very important to get your sleep for your own health, but also it's also very important to not intervene when a cat is vocalizing like this because any attention we give them, even shushing them, um, petting them, feeding them, is going to perpetuate this behavior. It's a reward for uh, for making that noise, vocalizing, disturbing the human that's sleeping. They get something out of it in the end, and they don't care that you yell or maybe you throw a shoe or a sock or shush them. Um, in the end, the human gets up and I get my food. So that, that's the goal, and that's what they get out of that. And all the other stuff, they just kind of blur out. So um, so if you can't just lock the door, you can't just put the earplugs in, some other good things. And you had some great thoughts there with feeding him right before bedtime. My only recommendation is sometimes feeding canned food before bedtime can be a little bit more satisfying, um, and it can kind of hold them over a little bit more in the middle of the night. Um, so that that's the, kind of the one argument that I'll say for canned food there. The other thing that is very useful, and I use this in my home, was um, the preset timed cat feeders. So you put that in the other end of the house, um, and you have it go off, say, at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and, uh, you know, dry food, if that will satisfy him. I've had some situations where you can use the uh, little ice pack ones and put canned food out or something really cool like that. But the, the goal is to have you get out of the equation, and using the time feeders, that can really help tremendously to um, allow you to get your sleep. Um, the other things that we do is definitely increasing his physical activity in the evening hours before bed. So scheduling family members with playtime for him at maybe 10 minutes at a session. Do that a couple times before bedtime. Allow him to do uh, predatory games, hunting, you know, those little cat dancer type things. Uh, laser toys, um, food dispensing toys, so the little, just like dogs that get little chew toys that dispense kibbles. You can do that and set that kind of thing up with cat um, items in mind, and that can also be a really good thing to keep them occupied, um, kind of give them that outlet for play and um, and hopefully satisfy the belly as well so you will not have um, your nighttime uh, symphony going on there. And you said your kitty's four years old, right? Yes. Okay, so young cat, that's good. So health problems are probably unlikely. But if you were calling in telling me this was a 14-year-old cat, then I would really be having a different conversation because in those situations, we definitely can run into some health problems that cause a cat to have nighttime wakefulness. And and that can be anything from high blood pressure to thyroid problems to um, cognitive dysfunction, kind of like kitty Alzheimer. So, So at least... That kind of stuff is unlikely for your situation. You just got a cat with a lot of energy who wants you up on uh, uh, East Coast time. <laughs> exactly. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I am guilty. I wake up at uh, 3 o'clock every morning just to feed the cat. And, you know, I tried like a spray gun, and I tried ignoring them, but maybe not long enough. And I gave in, and I've trained them. And now they know exactly my number. And oh, no, you did not train them, Hal. They trained you yes. very effectively. Oh, <laughs> touche. Hey, Jim, thanks for your call. Good luck with that. Hey, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. Portions of this programming underwritten by Company of Animals. And you know when it comes to training your dog, your supplies wouldn't be complete without the treat bag by Company of Animals. We just got one. 
and uh, Judy's using them now to train Ladybug. And it's nice because it, you don't want to put the treats in your pocket. Let's just put <laughs> it that way. I used to, and I would have crumbs, and when I go to wash my clothes and stuff, it was yucky. They have different colors and two sizes, so you'll definitely find the perfect treat bag for you from our friends over at companyofanimals.us. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 You make the decision to buy the home, then you're faced with what's, what's next? What do we do? We started at Realtor.com. Realtor.com gave us a lot more current information. Listings are pulled directly from the MLS every 15 minutes. Once you've gone through all of that, the Realtor makes it happen. We worked with the Realtor that really knew the area. And he knew the market. When you have someone who has the expertise, it makes it so much easier. Realtor.com and Realtors. Together, we make home happen. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. How fast are new Allegra gel caps? I didn't know you got a cat fast. How strong are new Allegra gel caps? Ten more lawns to go strong. Non-drowsy Allegra gives you noticeable relief of your toughest allergy symptoms in just one hour, two times faster than Claritin, and stays strong for 24 hours. New Allegra gel caps. Nothing's faster. Nothing's stronger. Among OTC oral antihistamines, refers to first dose only. Starts working in one hour. Use only as directed. Visit Allegra.com. This is Shaquille O'Neal. And the Shaquettes. Reminding you that anytime. Anytime. Is a good time. Good time. For the cooling, drying, fresh scent of Gold Bond Powder Spray. Like after the gym. Or a crowded elevator ride. Or golf. Or working with farm animals. Or a hard day's work. Like sports casting. You said it, ladies. Stay cool with Gold Bond Powder Spray. Stay cool with Gold Bond. <laughs> You know canine caviar for their great human-grade ingredients in your dog's food. We now continue that tradition and excellent pet nutrition with seven single-serving cat food trays. We love our cats and dogs, and that's why we're featuring all human-grade tuna, salmon, and chicken proteins with other hand-chosen ingredients to promote proper nutrition. They're in environmentally friendly, recyclable, BPA-free plastic trays. Look for canine and feline caviar products at your local pet supply store or online. For more information, call 800-392-789. Hi, this is Steve Garvey on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. I have to, I have to brag a little bit on Nikki here. Oh, what's what's up with Nikki? I, I have to brag because, well, the good and the bad is I, I'm so proud of my little girl. Um, the bad is that my neighbor has had some break-ins lately. Oh, really? And we've had a real flurry in uh, car th- um, break-ins, home break-ins. And um, the other day, I forgot to put her in her kennel at night, and uh, she normally sleeps in a kennel. She was really good. She didn't chew on anything. She was really good all night. But the only thing, she started barking at 2.30 in the morning, and I was yelling at her. And uh, come to find, uh, everything was fine. She didn't do anything. But that next day, we found a big rock. Someone was about to break into our garage. And all I can say is that my big girl helped scare them away. Wow, I saw this, this big bear running around my house barking. And they said, no, we're not going in that house. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's wow. that's amazing. That's cool. I'm glad. Ladybug does the same thing. She'll, but you know, she's a little dog. I mean, she's yeah. not going to stop any burglars or anything like yeah, but that. Yeah, but just the, still, they, they notice. Uh, you know, if the dog barks, they there's a chance it's going to wake people up. Yeah. So Why mess with a house yeah. where the dog's going to bark? Yeah. How how much does Nikki weigh now? She's about eighty pounds. Holy wow. moly! It's a big dog. Yeah, wow. Yeah. She's actually she's a tall girl too. She's all legs. So um, you know, she's a little. I took her hiking recently, and people were like asking about the bear. I was hiking with. <laughs> like, so I put an orange uh, secu- uh, safety vest on her so they wouldn't mistake her for any kind of wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's uh, head back to the phones here. We have Jesus. Hey, Jesus. How are you? Hello. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Uh, yeah, I have a, a question. You know, uh, uh, you know our dogs, we all have the same kind of organs, you know, stomach and liver and all that. But I don't know. But dogs, cats, they burp. Okay, so there's kind of two questions if I got that right. So you want to know if dogs are like us and they have all the same organs, and then you want to know if dogs burp. Is that correct? Never burp we... at all. And I'm just curious. Okay, all righty. Yeah, well, dogs definitely do burp and they pass wind, um, and yeah, some dogs definitely do it more often than other breeds. And for anyone who might have, say, a boxer or an English bulldog, those guys are really very windy from both ends, um, and, it, and it does play a role with kind of how they are um, taking in their air. So if they're kind of like that, you're going to see a lot more gas on either end. Um, so definitely, yeah. If your doggy doesn't do much burping, then then you're maybe fortunate. But uh, I'd rather have it come up the front end than go out the backside. Hey, that's for sure. Here, here. <laughs> Amen. True that. My what little it? ladybug burps. <laughs> ladybug. She has little quaint burps. They're like, she does. Eh. But you know what? The, the, the brachycephalic, the dogs that haven't had a smushed in faces, they are just known to be gassy fellas and, and ladies too. John, John, hi, this is Dr. Debbie. Uh, hi, Dr. Debbie. I have two questions. Uh, one is an old issue with my 14-year-old Silky Terrier. Starting out with what that one. Terrier? She's a Silky Terrier. Oh, Silky. I'm sorry. Yes. And, uh, well, I, practically since the day she was born, she has been licking everything in sight. Carpeting, the fence, cement. She oh, does this regularly. And... Uh, I thought maybe she was bored, so I put it on my lap, and she starts licking my pants. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. wondering, have you ever heard of such a thing? Yeah, I sure have. And she's always done this since you had her, huh? Yes. Yeah, and some dogs, especially some of the really small dogs, have this excessive, I kind of call it an oral fixation, where they lick things. And to our annoyance, um, makes it hard to sit and watch TV if they're licking your skin. Um, but it is a, a basically a type of a um, anxiety, a compulsion that they have. So the important thing we need to do is to make sure that we, we don't reward when she behaves this way. We want to reward calm, quiet activity that doesn't kind of start her into this licking phase. And for some folks, you know, you might find that something's kind of make her lick more, whether it's your exposed skin, um, certain fabrics, things like that. So you might want to kind of watch that and avoid some of those little triggers. Um, but yeah, it, it is a tough thing. And, and there's always, we can always talk about behavioral medicines, things like that. But once you understand that this is kind of her way of coping um, and also um, looking for attention from you guys, um, that we just can't kind of give in to that. Um, so that, that's the way I would gear towards this. Okay. And the newest thing with her is um, my regular groomer closed their shop. I don't know if they went out of business. So I took her to a uh, chain store for grooming, mm-hmm. and they caught
call me back, so they couldn't do it. She'd have to be sedated to talk to my vet yeah, to so. have her sedated because uh, she was, I guess, unmanageable. Huh. Was she, you know, trying to bite them or just a wiggle fest? <laughs> um, I guess she was, well, I know she bites, but I warned them about that, but I guess they couldn't deal with it for some reason, even though she's been groomed all her life. Okay. And I'm wondering, that sounds like pretty harsh for a 14-year-old dog to be sedated just to be groomed. Well, Any you know, there? yeah, and, and the, the big challenge is I do find sometimes with our older dogs, they kind of get into kind of the, uh, what I kind of call the uh, the old dog uh, do-what-you-want syndrome. And uh, kind of like, um, I hate to say this, I hate to alienate older uh, Americans, but sometimes we feel that older Americans can kind of do what they want and they're entitled to it. Um, older dogs can sometimes kind of have the same behavior patterns where they um, kind of rule the household. They do what they want to do. And some of it can be partially kind of linked towards maybe some senility changes, maybe some evidence of pain somewhere. So um, if I hear suddenly that an older pet starts to behave this way, then I like to check out and make sure we're not dealing with arthritis, um, a vision problem, um, because a lot of times um, the groomer can be a scary place when people are kind of coming towards the eyes, and sharp movements, changes, and shadows can really kind of freak out some older dogs. So um, those would be things I would look at. And if, if we have to go to a sedative, um, there are some that we can do kind of cautiously, but yeah, we are definitely more worried about that in an older pet, and we want to watch their heart and make sure we're not putting them in any kind of jeopardy for that. So I, I would hope that, uh, and, and there's nothing wrong that you can see externally with your baby, huh? No, I mean, she's always been really, never, don't touch my face is her motto, I think. Uh-huh. She's always yeah, been she... very sensitive about touching or do anything with her face, especially trying to clean the, the gook off below the uh, eyes that always forms. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and that's really hard when the groomers try to get in there and try to clean that. So, yeah, um, you know, if I wouldn't hold anything against your groomers, um, a lot of older patients start to get a little bit intolerant of some of these things. So, um, you know, I talk to your veterinarian. If it is safe and, and she seems in good health, then there are some lighter tranquilizers, maybe not the more typical ones that we use for the average dog, but uh, some I'll use, actually use Xanax, believe it or not. Um, in, in the right dosage, that can actually be a little bit calming. And, uh, you know, we can uh, watch the patient cautiously with that. So hope that helps you out there, John. Keep those older babies going. Um, if you have a question for any of us here at Animal Radio, give us a call. 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You've heard of King Tut. How about King Mutt? Archaeologists have uncovered more than 40 mummified dogs in a thousand-year-old cemetery south of Lima, Peru. Researchers found 43 dogs buried in separate graves alongside their human owners who seemed to have pampered their dogs like modern owners. There were graves for adult dogs and graves for puppies, lovingly prepared, often packed with blankets and treats for the afterlife. History tells us that Chiribaya tribes valued their dogs for their great skill in herding llamas. But these uncovered dog graves seem to tell the story of man and man's best friend. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal.
This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Drs. Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. The canine flu continues to spread across the country's midsection. H3N2 is a flu strain we haven't seen here in the U.S. before, so dogs have little or no immunity to it. Experts think it was brought in from Asia. If your dog's around other dogs, you should keep a close eye on your animal for symptoms like coughing, sneezing, runny nose or nasal discharge, a decrease in appetite, lethargic behavior, and a fever. Best way to check is by feeling inside the dog's ears. Since the flu's viral, it can't be treated with medicine. In Asia, the virus has spread to cats, guinea pigs, and ferrets, but there have been no reported cases of that happening here in the U.S. You can't get the canine flu, but you can spread it. The virus can stay alive on objects for 24 hours and on skin for 12 hours. So you need to wash your hands and change clothing or maybe even take a shower if you've been around a sick animal. Well, who would you trust more with your innermost feelings or deepest, darkest secrets? Your siblings or your pet? Ha! You know I would say pets. A new study done at Britain's Cambridge University followed 100 families over the course of 10 years. It found that not enough attention is paid to the significant role pets play in a child's life. The research shows that children facing emotional difficulties such as bereavement, divorce, instability, and illness place a particular importance on their pets. They turn to their pets for support much more often than they turn to their brothers and sisters. That's even true when they know that their pets actually don't understand what they're saying. The research also suggests that kids are likely to have stronger relationships with their pets than their peers. One of the keys to the relationships? The children say they know their pets won't judge them. Now, remember that story last January about a dog in Scotland who was tied to a rail at a railway station with a suitcase full of his belongings? Well, Kai, the Sharpay mix, has been adopted by Ian Russell. The Scottish SPCA chose him from a list of hundreds of people who wanted to give Kai a home. Ian feels like it was no accident he was selected to become Kai's new guardian. He feels Kai was sent to help him get through a difficult time after his Dalmatian, Micah, passed. Now Ian is involved with the charity, helping promote adopting homeless pets. And Kai's become the spokesdog for the cause. Kai's story got so much publicity that Ian says he is recognized everywhere they go and that they're always getting stopped on the street and asked for photos. He said Kai loves everyone and even gets along with all the other dogs they meet. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, the only FDA-approved non-surgical method for sterilization of male dogs. Zuterin offers an alternative to neutering male dogs, thus helping reduce the pet overpopulation problem. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Zuterin, a permanent and cost-effective alternative to neutering male dogs. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. 
Animal Radio's Hero People is underwritten by Zuterin, a non-surgical alternative to dog castration. One injection provides a safe, permanent, and virtually painless alternative to surgical castration. Learn more at www.zuterin.com. That's Z-E-U-T-E-R-I-N.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. (laughs) How appropriate for our hero this week, Pink Floyd. The song is called Run Like Hell. Exactly what I would have done when you hear (laughs) what our hero has done. (laughs) Yeah, I would have run in the opposite direction. We are so well, so happy to welcome Adam Warwick to the airwaves here on Animal Radio for our hero this week. He is the stewardship manager. Oh, do I hit that button? Okay. He's the stewardship manager and wildlife biologist at the Nature Conservancy. And, uh, that's in North Carolina, beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains just outside of, uh, Asheville. Apparently, he, this guy gets along with bears. He rescued a bear and I welcome him to the airwaves to tell us the story. Hey, Adam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, now, I understand you saved a 400-pound bear, and I can't even think of the scenario where you would have to save a bear. Tell us the story, please. I know, right? It's kind of crazy. So uh, <clears throat> when I worked for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission, I used to deal a lot with human-bear conflicts, and so um, invariably it would you know, rec- uh, usually pertain to bears getting in trash and uh, getting on screened-in porches and getting, af- getting into dog and cat food and stuff like that, and so... Uh, they have a lot of bears down there in Florida. I didn't. I didn't oh, yeah. realize they did. I thought it was all yeah. alligator country. <laughs> no, okay. no, no. It's a subspecies of the American black bear called the, and it's the Florida black bear. And so bears do very well down there. So tell yeah. us about this particular one. Yes. Yeah, so this bear was. He was found. Uh, he was seen swimming off the beach about a mile, mile and a half, and um, just cruising around there. And then he came on shore at a place called Alligator Point. He spent the next two weeks, of, you know, going from house to house, and a lot of the houses are up on piling. So, you know, when folks would go to bed at night, he'd kind of just go through, oh, wow. go from house to house, and knock them into the trash. And normally, I would set a trap for him, a, a culvert trap, and and just carry him off and relocate him. And, in this case, it just uh, he had been caught before. I knew that because somebody told me he had ear tags then, green ear tags, which we put him in. So we sized it up, and we decided we were just going to go ahead and free dart him, which we do from time to time, uh-huh. you know, just shoot shoot the pair with a dart gun. And so he had his he was about neck deep in a garbage can, and so we uh, he had it tipped over, and so we darted him. I had my employees shoot him, and he I was training the guy at the time, and he darted him and. Um, one thing led to another, and, you know, usually the bears will go down about 10 or 15 minutes after I dart them, and then we'll work them up or uh-huh. carry them wherever we want to go. And so 15 minutes went by and almost 20 minutes, and he, I guess it was the adrenaline or, or whatever situation it uh, was, something that just wouldn't, he just didn't want to go to sleep. And so uh, he kind of crossed the road and headed towards this bay called Alligator Harbor, and across the bay was to the other side was about four miles it would have been a four mile swim and so he waded out there about knee deep and um you know he was going to swim and i knew i could see i could see him start wobbling and so i knew he was going to get out there and drown and um so he starts swimming and i run out this 20 yard long dock that they have down there and i was my intent was just to sort of make a beeline and sort of uh hit him off and uh-huh. make, create some commotion and maybe he'd turn around and go back to shore but 
he just kept swimming and so we got to the point where we kind of met head to head and um is about five feet deep at that point and so he was really starting to struggle and he just jumped up sort of on his hind legs and as if to, he was going to leap up on top of me and so <laughs> once he did that when he did that he got up you know almost vertical and so i'm standing there two feet three feet away from him looking up at his head and then he just fell straight backwards and oh, so no. uh at that point he was bobbing around and having a lot of trouble swimming so i kind of I was able to sort of swim around and get on top of his back and sort of just grab the scruff of his neck and grab his head and uh, just basically hang on until he sort of went out enough to where I could handle him a little bit better. I just kind of held so he just so he didn't drown, you know. Uh-huh. And so uh, after he thrashed around for about five more minutes, you know, uh, somebody came out with a boat, but that startled him even more and. Uh, and it was uh, just about five or six minutes. I kind of lost track of time, but of him just, me just staying, like, hanging on his back, you know, almost like you're riding a, a horse or something and just trying to keep his head above water. And what stuff. were you thinking? <laughs> I, was, wow. I, I wasn't. I was just kind of, um, I was more or less reacting. You know, sure. I don't, I didn't, um, you know, I've always done that my whole life. You know, I've kind of, <laughs> whether it's saving ant, moving turtles across the road or saving birds from house cats and that sort of thing. And so I just didn't want to, you know, I just didn't want to see him drowned and sit there and die. So especially when it was, you know, when it was something I was, when I was, you know, when you, when you dart an animal, you kind of, you, you take custody of that animal. You're, sure. you know, yeah. you're responsible for their well being, And so whatever that means, that's kind of what this situation called for. And so, yeah, after he thrashed around a little bit, he finally went under and that's when it was about, five feet deep and I was able to sort of get up underneath him and sort of work back to the shore with him slowly, you know, alternating between swimming and standing up on the bottom and just pushing up, you know, a, a 375-pound bear that I just can't even think of how I would, you know, even begin to lift one, you know, when it's, when it would be dead weight like that. But the water, you know, he was a little bit buoyant, so that helped yeah. out. So by the time out. you got back to shore, was he completely out? Um, I would say he was about 90, 95% out, yeah. Oh, did, at any time, did he, he, you know, try to get you or bite you or anything? No, just that one instance where we met head on. I have a, you know, I have a feeling that he was going to just try to climb up on top of me. He was starting to struggle to swim. Well, you sure do have a lot of chutzpah. Let me just say that. <laughs> and you're our Thanks. hero of the week, Adam Warwick. And uh, we'll put more information over the website about this if you just tune in during the middle of the story. Adam, thank you so much for what you've done for the, uh, well, and you continue to do for the animals. Thanks for having me on. It gives me great honor to introduce to you, well, if you're new to Animal Radio, the dog father, Joey Volani. Perhaps this is your first week listening. You'll find him on great shows like Dogs 101 and Groomer Has It. And uh, Animal Radio. And Animal Radio, of course. (laughs) How could I forget that? The the pinnacle of your career. So what do you have going on today? What what interesting intrigue are you going to entertain us with? You know, somebody had asked me about um, the dog's coat and and about um, vitamins and what really what they should do to... um, Besides brushing and combing and bathing, you know, what else can we do to keep that healthy, vibrant coat? So they were asking me about supplements. 
And supplements, in, in some cases, are really good, and in some cases, aren't that good. Um, so the first thing I'm going to say about pet supplements, it's like anything else. When you go on a supplement, you got to make sure that you're taking the right things that are going to do the right things for your body. Okay, you can have someone. I mean, I've seen people, the healthiest people in the world, vegetarians, vegans, and and um, people that take a, a, a lot of vitamins and exercise, and they look, their hair looks brittle, and they don't look right. And it's the same thing with pets. If you're not taking the proper nutrition that your pet needs, so the first thing I'm going to say is if you want to invest in your pet's looks, in their coat and well-being, first go to your veterinarian and talk to your veterinarian and see what's the right thing for your pet, what kind of food works best for your pet, and then what kind of supplements you should be adding. A lot of times people want to put oil in their pet's food thinking that it's going to help their coat. Sometimes what it ends up doing is their bodies end up rejecting it, and their skin will actually will push it out. So I've seen German I've seen a German shepherd where he almost smelled fishy and he was real oily mm. and we found out that the additive that they were adding they were adding a fish oil additive to the food while the dog was rejecting it. And when they took him off of that what ended up happening was his coat was coming in nice, his skin looked better, and the dog just was all around healthier. So before I would do any supplement, talk to your veterinarian, okay, and let's see what they can put them on just food-wise. Let's change the food first and then go with supplements <laughs> after that. But brushing and combing is key because that stimulates. It's going to stimulate the coat growth and, you know, lots of water and exercise. Those are the best things for your dog's coat. There's nothing better than that. Well, I'm thinking of the call that I got. Somebody who says, oh, well, I buy Old Roy over at uh, Walmart and then I want to buy Dynavite too. Spend, you know, they spend a tremendous amount on Dynavite. If they just mm-hmm. got it in their food, they wouldn't need any kind of supplement. It's like eating Twinkies it's like eating Twinkies <laughs> and, and then taking a, a, um, a multivitamin. Yep. You know, it, it, it doesn't work. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? Hi, great. Where are you today? Um, actually, I'm in my vehicle traveling back from Texas. And oh. I was listening to the show and uh, on my way back to Indiana. Um, and I had a question for Dr. Debbie. She's right here for you. Here I am. Hey, what can we do for you? Well, my problem is I uh, I have three rescued dogs. Two of them are Weimaraners. Uh, I've had them for three years. Uh, Sergeant, the oldest male, they told me when I got him from the rescue site that he had had a, an allergic reaction to uh, rabies vaccine. So um, my vet has him on a different type of a rabies vaccine, but what they didn't tell us at the time was he has all kinds of allergies. And Mm -hmm. um, so we've tried different things. Uh, My vet and I, we've done, uh, he's had his thyroid checked. He's had, uh, literally had to have surgery on one of his ears. He developed a hematoma from all the shaking, and it's really, uh, it affects his ears the worst. And uh, I'm just wondering if there's anything else that we can do or try, you know, to see if we can get him some relief. Uh, what the regime we have him on now that seems to, you know, keep it moderated the best is he takes Benadryl and he takes about six a day and they're 50 milligram each. So he's, he's getting about 300 milligrams of Benadryl a day. I'm assuming he's a big size boy then. Yes, he's, he's, he's about 106 pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right, you know, as far as for yeah. a, a good-sized fella. It would knock us on our toes <laughs> to the floor, yeah. but uh, dogs yeah. are different. 
And, and so what else besides the Benadryl then? Um, then he, um, I changed food. We tried, uh, we tried the prescription diet, which, you know, didn't get any, uh, any relief from that. But what I did do was change them to, uh, Nutro dog food, which is okay. supposed to be good for, you know, skin allergies and so forth. Their coats are beautiful, but he still, without the Benadryl, he just will drive himself crazy. Mm-hmm. And it almost, on his, on the inside of his ears, it almost looks like he has eczema. But, uh, we biopsied him. Uh, three months ago when they did the surgery on the hematoma, we went ahead and biopsied and sent it in, and they couldn't find, you know, it was no type of uh, a mite or anything like that. And like I said, they they checked, you know, did blood work and so forth. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if, if we do that, and then there's also a, a special shampoo that I bathe him in that kind of, you know, helps relieve it somewhat. But didn't know if you knew of any other avenue that we might approach, or maybe I need to do an elimi- elimination diet with him. Maybe they're, you know, I'm yeah, just kind of yeah, at a loss. Yeah, definitely. And with, um, you know, the the elimination diets, there's, you know, a lot of different ones to try. So if you try one or two, sometimes, you know, there's there's other ones out to try. And every every dog is different on what they respond to, whether they do well with a special a modified um, limited antigen diet, such as like a, a lamb and rice diet or a venison potato diet. And other dogs do better with the other style, what we call the hydrolyzed protein diet. So, you know, you can kind of mix it up. And if you haven't switched between the two methods, then I, you know, talk to your vet about that because that might be a a, a relatively simple thing we can try before we start getting into some of the heavy-duty stuff because I'd have to say, you know, that, Kim, it sounds like your veterinarian has done a tremendous job in trying to manage this condition. And, And that is the frustrating part is that, Allergies are such a huge chronic problem that um, sometimes we do our best to battle it and to control it, but we don't always win. Um, but we just try to keep the pet, the pet comfortable and to prevent some of the side effects, you know, like the hematoma, which is basically a big blood blister on the ear that develops from a lot of scratching and infections. Oh, yeah. It was like the yeah, size so, of a hot dog. <laughs> oh, golly, yeah. Now, the, the next steps included? that I would go, and, um, you know, if, if you were here in my office and we've tried all those avenues and I'm comfortable that, you know, we had a, you know, all of the different medicines that we've tried have not brought on a good response, what I would look at is the possibility of doing some allergy testing. Um, And in your area, that if you have a specialist around, that can be done through a a veterinary dermatologist. If you don't have a specialist around, then a lot of general practitioners can do a different style of allergy testing. And um, my preferred way that I like to do allergy testing is with the dermatologist where we do a skin patch testing, where basically they test the pet against all the common antigens or the allergens in your area, um, household things, trees, shrubs, human dander, believe it or not, pets can be allergic to. Um, they can test for those things, and um, that is done through a specialist. And Now, if you're not inclined to do that or that's not readily available, then a lot of practices um, at mine, we will send out a blood allergy test. So we basically draw blood and send it out to a lab where they test in vitro, you know, in a and basically in a test, what potential allergens we might be sensitive to. And, and that can help in developing a set of antigens or shots that you can give to help desensitize a sergeant to some of those common things because you may not be able to eliminate things in his environment such as trees, right. grass, you know, and neighbors that have a problem with that. So <laughs> They actually have, we did the blood test uh, and, mm-hmm. and sent it off and then the biopsy, one of the specialists that she sent it to was a dermatologist affiliated with uh, Purdue University out of uh, oh, Indiana. Oh, super. 
So it's like, you know, I mean, and we're, we're able to keep him, you know, comfortable that way, but I just feel like, okay, you know, I'm, Am I going to shut his liver down eventually with all the Benadryl, you know? Yeah. And Benadryl won't typically, you know, create a lot of concerns in that way. Um, right. As far as if we were using heavy doses of steroids, which is kind of the next therapy that you can get into if antihistamines don't work. Um, but uh-huh. steroids are kind of a slippery slope because they can help allergies, but then you get the whole gamut of side effects with that. Now, uh-huh. Besides um prednisone or steroids, then we can actually look at cyclosporine. And if you haven't looked at that with your veterinarian, that might be another option. For a large dog, it can be very costly in the initial uh, phases Mm -hmm. of starting the medicine. But if we can wean our pets down to maybe just a few times a week dosing, it can become more financially uh, uh, reasonable. Um, But that's basically an immune-modulating drug, um, and one of the brand names of that out now is called Atopica. And I have a lot of success with that for allergy patients, especially if, you know, they've been on prednisone and other therapies and just aren't getting, you know, everything uh-huh. we want. So you might add that into the regimen as well. So. And it was called Atopica? Atopica. Mm-hmm. Atopica. Okay. I will yeah. broach that with her when I get back because he really is a great dog, you know. Go and give him a big old just, hug from all of us and let us know yeah. how it turns out. I will do that. Thank you so much for we, your time. We appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. Well, you know what time it is? Time to take the dogs and the flamingos and the iguanas out for their daily walks. If you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, of course, check out Dr. Debbie's Kindle books over at Amazon, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And we have links to those right over at AnimalRadio.com. Don't forget to download the Animal Radio app. It's free and it's bigger and better than ever. So do it now. We'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Okay, so here's the number once again. You just got a call. They said I said it too fast, right? You always say it way too fast. I now. wish it spelled something, but it, it just kaflugan it is what it spells. So just say it slower. 1-866-405-8405. 866-405-8405. And you can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app. That's easy to remember, huh? It's a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith, and it's for your iPhone, your Android, or your BlackBerry phone. And not only can you listen to the show, but you can ask your questions uh, directly from the app, and you can browse the resources that we have over there. And I understand we just added a brand new news feature so that you can uh, see the latest recalls and important news that it really affects you and your animals. Keeps you up to date. So do it now. And I mentioned this earlier. I want to mention it again this hour that if you uh, download it and launch it four times. You'll be entered for weekly prizes. And, uh, yeah, just four times. Just four times. You don't have to do it every four times every week. You just. Just once and that's it. Four times. Forever you're And you're set and good to go. Wow. You know who we're going to visit with now? And I got to tell you, he's not as gorgeous as Doc Halligan, but incredible nonetheless. We welcome Joey Herrick to the airwaves. Joey, how are you doing? I'm doing good, and uh, that definitely was a truthful uh, introduction. <laughs> I tell it, I tell it like it is. But uh, here's the deal: you you run your top dog over at the Lucy Pet Foundation, and an organization in Los Angeles here that focuses on spaying and neutering dogs and cats all across the county. Because you know, there's a lot of animals still being put to sleep simply because they're homeless, and some people just can't afford to do the surgery. So you help them do it sometimes. Uh, 
out free, sometimes at a, a reduced rate. And you're the kind of guy that's in the app. You don't just bark out orders or anything like that. You're the guy that I've seen actually in the smocks and getting involved with the neutering process, overseeing Doc Halligan in the uh, the blue, what do they call it, the blue? The blue bus. The blue bus, yes. Blue bus. I actually, uh, last Friday, drove the blue bus down to Orange County because we had both our buses going. So uh, I drove the second one. And uh, my wife says to me, why are you driving the bus? I said, because I like to drive the bus. Sure. <laughs> I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about where you came from. I knew you, of course, from, and this is probably dating myself, the John Davidson show. I believe you were, were you the music director on the John Davidson show? Uh, no, I was John's drummer for the drummer, about, yes. about wow. 12 years. I used to watch that show. Tell us the story. It's, uh, I mean, I was a drummer. That's all I was ever trained to do was play drums. And if you would have told me when I was 20 years old that I would do anything except play drums, I would have said, you're crazy. Because <laughs> I was obsessed. I'd, I'd, I'd practice eight hours a day and then go work all night. But uh, the great thing about that, you know, I started to become entrepreneurial when I was like 24, 25. I've actually, I wrote a drum book that went to 13 countries. Wow. Uh, I developed the first digital metronome for drummers. It wasn't out then. I, I, I did that. And, uh, but from playing and drums and on, on TV shows and everything, I understood and learned about marketing oh. and, and celebrity marketing and the power of celebrity marketing. And I actually met Dick Van Patten on the uh, John Davison show. He was a host, a guest host for a week, and we sat down at lunch, you know, because we do a couple of shows, then you break for lunch. And uh, we started talking, and, and that's how I learned that Dick Van Patten, you know, was a big animal lover and doing celebrity tennis tournaments to raise money for animals. I was walking dogs in those days at, at kennels at, at uh, animal shelters. And uh, so when I decided to start the pet food, I went to Dick Van Patten. Wow. 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 And uh, did you have any experience with pet food prior to that? How did you develop a pet food? Well, I tell you, before the pet food, uh, I did a sitcom pilot, uh -huh. and I created it, and uh, we shot it. And uh, I used to play drums with Phil for Phyllis Diller and travel, uh -huh. and and uh, so I, the sitcom we did, we did. Uh, a pilot, and Phyllis made chili on the set one day, and I said, Phyllis, this is the greatest chili I've ever had in my life. You should put it on the market. And she said, Joey, I don't have time for this. You do it. So I said, okay. <laughs> now, I'm still playing drums. I, actually, that year, I actually got to play on the Academy Awards. Wow. And uh, so anyway, so I just figured, okay, can't be that hard. So I created, I took Phyllis's recipe, went to a chili manufacturer, and said, "Hey, we got to. I want to put this on the market." And they said, "Okay." And they said, "You can't come out with one product. You got to have more products." I said, well, "What do you suggest?" They said, "Well, we have a beef stew." I said, "Okay, fine. Uh, I like it. Tastes good." I said, "I have a big bean recipe I like to do." So we did that. They said, "Well, you need one more." I said, "Well, let me think about it." So I thought about it. And I called them back and said, "You know what?" I want to do chicken chili, and they said to me, "No, you don't want chicken chili." They said. The canned beef industry, this is 1984. Sure. They said the canned chili industry is beef. Nobody wants chicken. And I said, well, listen, I live in Los Angeles and we're health conscious and it's going to have less fat. And I think it uh, uh, would be good. And they said, well, we advise against it. And I said, well, listen, I'm paying you. So <laughs> I'm so the boss. Can, so could you make me some chicken chili? So the end result of that was that was the first chicken chili on the market. 
Wow. wow. Okay. And, and uh, so I'm in the food business. I'm still playing drums for a, a living. And how old are you? 26, 27. Pretty impressive. Like okay. And uh, another company, a food company, wanted to buy it. So I sold it to them. And so now I had this money and I said to my wife, well, that was a, you know, that was a pretty easy hit. I mean, let's, let's do something else that we like. And then, you know, I loved animals. I said, let's just start a pet food company. So we took all the money from the chili and put it into pet food. And I went to Dick Van Patten's house and said, hey, remember me? We met on the John Davidson show. How would you like to start a pet food company with me? And he says, oh, I'd love to do that. He goes, Phyllis tells me you're so great to work with because he was friends with Phyllis sure. Schiller too. And uh, so that's how we started. I originally thought it was going to be, you know, two, three years and then, you know, I'd sell it. Well, I got into it. It took longer and I loved it. It and became really personal for you. I mean, the it, ingredients and everything became really personal. Yes. And, uh, and you know, People would call me to go back on the road and play drums, and 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 they'd call me, and I'd say, "Oh, you know, I'm so busy. Call me again." Well, when you turn people down three times, they don't call you for the fourth oh, to go yeah. back on the. And uh, I got more into it. I just said to my wife, "Was we, we're going to make this work, and we love it." And you know, it was 25 years. Wow. Uh, and uh, I tell you, it was such a great thing. I mean, we did. My wife and I did dog shows. Uh, uh, every weekend, probably thirty weeks a year, we were at dog shows, building that, the brand. Natural yeah. Balance was twenty. Uh, twenty. You were working with it in, for twenty five years before you sold it. Yep, we just we just had the, the year we sold was our twenty fifth anniversary. Wow! Wow! I did not realize. Yeah, I guess time yeah. is just flying by. Now you've mastered pet food. You've mastered chili. What uh, What brought <laughs> you towards the Lucy Pet Foundation, and what is that exactly? Well, you know, when I when I had Natural Balance, uh, if you talk to animal rescue groups, they all will tell you how much food I donated. I donated millions of pounds throughout the years uh, to all the animal rescue groups because it was the animal rescue groups who were making the difference in, in uh, euthanasia of animals because they were the ones going into the shelters and taking dogs and cats off death row and, and putting them in fall home so I I felt good about myself giving them food and uh, so I donated millions of pounds and then uh, once the company sold I didn't have food to give them anymore and I really decided that I wanted to get on the other side of it because there's not enough animal rescue people to go around no. so I mean and 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 nobody like all the shelters that have to kill animals they don't want to kill animals but it, it's it's a space issue. If you have room for 400 animals and they're all and you and you have 450, what happens when they keep coming to the front door? You have to euthanize animals. So I wanted to get committed to stopping the influx at the front door with animals, and that's spay and neuter. I mean. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've got uh, – we have two spay and neuter buses, and uh, and as you mentioned, Doc Halligan. Doc Halligan's, Halligan's in charge of it, and uh, so we're building that whole that, thing about spaying and neuter. That's got to cost some money. Do you get uh, federal funding, state funding, any kind of funding? Well, so far, I've been funding most of it. I tell you, when I first got the idea to do this, I sat my wife down and said, listen, I'm going to uh, take a million dollars, and I'm going to start a pet foundation. And my wife said – Okay, fine. <laughs> good, good. And then I said to her, listen, I'm never going to make a dollar from this. I will never take the salary from Lucy Pet Foundation. And my wife said, okay, fine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then my wife says, well, what about traveling? 
I said, we're going to travel. We're going to go to Indio, Bakersfield, Lancaster, <laughs> Bobdale, all the places where there's pet overpopulation. Uh, not the kind of traveling she was probably thinking of. No, that's not what she had in mind. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what we've been doing. And how many years have you been doing that now? We've, we've just uh, about 18 months, uh, which has been how long since I sold Natural Balance. And uh, I, I've learned a, a lot about this side of the uh, uh, of the indi- of the pet industry, and it's. Uh, I tell you, when I first started doing it, and uh, you know, I and I take the truck out. I'm driving the truck, and my wife would, you know, say to me, "Why are you doing it?" Because I like it, and I'd be driving that truck home, and it was easy for me to give the animal rescue groups dog food. I mean, it had to be done, and I did it, and I felt good about it. But now I'm on the other side of it. So I tell you, the first few times I got out in the shelters and and I went into those back rooms and I saw, uh. you know, everything that I saw, I'd be driving that truck home and I'd be I'd be crying. Mm. And I'd say, I can't do this. I mean, I, I cannot. How how can you do this? Yeah. And then I get home, and then all my dogs would come running up to me. And, and I look at them and I pet them and then I, I said to myself, I have no choice but to do this because I, I, I have a lot of expertise. I have a lot of different marketing ideas. I have a lot of uh, different things I want to bring to this side of, of the animal world. And I, I'm, I'm committed to it. I, I, it needs to change, and it has to change. And it's not just spay and neuter that's going to change it. Spay and neuter is important, but you've got to do the education. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go into the schools, into the boys and girls clubs. Doc Halligan's great at that. She, she goes into boys and girls clubs and 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 gives them a presentation and and makes them start thinking about you know these are living breathing things and uh, that give unconditional love and you need to care for them and and she teaches them that. That you'll be your pets will be much healthier. They'll live longer. They'll, they'll, they'll cost less money for vet bills cause if you get them spayed or neutered. So that's one part of it. You know, legislation is another part of it. You've got to have uh, a lot of places have mandatory spay and neuter. It's not enforced. You got to enforce it, and you also have to enforce it correctly. Uh, training's a big deal. It's. Uh, I found that out with. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw that commercial we shot that ran on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh yeah, it's a wonderful mm-hmm. commercial of the uh, cats playing football. Yes, and uh, those animals came out of shelters you know, off death row and were trained to play in that commercial. But one was very interesting thing was, uh, uh, and actually Brenda Barnett, who's the head of city uh, of LA animal shelters. Mm-hmm. We sent her a picture, a drawing of, of the dog we were looking for. So she put that picture out all over the city looking for that dog in shelters. And then she found some candidates and sent it to us. And we went and looked at, at, at several different dogs before we you know, picked the one we did. And uh, there was one dog that uh, uh, in the mugshot from the, from the kennel, we could tell the dog was on a pole, like an aggressive pole, which, which dog catchers use when a dog's aggressive. Uh-huh. And, and we went there, and and I met the lady, and uh, she said, "Well, the dog was very aggressive." And uh, so anyway, so we we met the dog. Well, in a half hour, the trainer that we had with us worked with that dog. That dog had all kinds of dreadlocks. He'd been on the street for a long time. In a half hour, that dog uh, let the trainer cut all the dreadlocks off. Uh, worked with them. That dog became calm in a half hour with dog training, with a with the proper trainer. And what's the great thing with that? We didn't use the dog for the commercial. 
because it wasn't quite right for the commercial. But because of that trainer going there for a half hour, they moved that dog off the aggressive side. Wow. Uh, Hal, the guy, the, was the guy who, who ran that kennel for the city, was, was so impressed with the, the trainer that he wanted to, you know, take lessons from him. But they adopted the dog out and they named it Lucy. So it was, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so it was it was a great story, a happy ending, and the dog's still doing well with the family. So I mean, training's another aspect. So all these things have to be addressed in order to actually, you know, you want to become no kill. Well, you got to address all these issues. So spay and neuter is just one very important part of it. So I'm determined to change things. I just don't want to quit quote. Oh, we'll make a difference. I want to ch- things have to change, and I want to use every bit of knowledge I've learned of, from being in the pet food industry for almost 30 years and contacts to try to change things. You're like a, a Paul Newman for animals. What What do you have on the horizon? What are you planning for next? Can you talk about it? Well, it's it's just starting. I actually we're going to enter. Are you going to be at the, at the big uh, pet convention in Vegas? In Damn July? straight, Super Zoo will be broadcasting yes, live. Will. Yes. Oh, great! Because uh, I'll be there. You know, I uh, I've missed the last two Super Zoos because you know we sold uh, the company Natural Balance and uh, mm-hmm. and I have a non compete. I can't be in the food industry until July of 2016. Uh-huh. So I actually. Uh, so went down to I went to a bunch of different pet stores and I walked down the aisles and I said, okay, where can I put my brand of marketing and make a difference and, and do something that's going to be fun? So I decided to do something in shampoo. shampoo so I, okay. So I actually created a, a shampoo and uh, also leave-in conditioning sprays for the dogs. Hey. For the dogs, <laughs> we want to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have I don't have enough hair left to shampoo anymore. You and me both. Okay, so well, that's on the future, and of course, you'll learn more about that right here on Animal Radio. Joey Herrick, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Hey, well, thank you so much. I've always enjoyed all the years listening to you guys, and uh, it's uh, fun to be on your show. LucyPetFoundation.org is the website, and of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. Mm-hmm.